Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm speaking with Sean Anderson. Now, Sean is truly going the extra mile, both figuratively and literally. We're going to talk kind of in two parts about that. Beginning, we're going to talk about his literal journeys going the extra mile. He has biked across the United States not once, but twice. Uh, We're going to talk about how he has walked across several countries in Europe, all about the experiences there, why he did those things, and that's going to kind of move into the the figurative side of going the extra mile, where he has a a cause that's all about that. He's created the Going the Extra Mile Day on November the 1st every year. We're going to talk about how that grew from um, partnering with a few cities to talk about going the extra mile, a few, I think a dozen to begin with, and now he's got over 500 cities involved in it, and what it means to go the extra mile. You know, he does all these things to bring awareness to that. And of course, if you're not, um, I guess, used to that that term, going the extra mile, is basically doing what you normally do and then a little bit more. So whether it's volunteering at, you know, a food bank or a homeless shelter or a dog shelter or, you know, helping somebody out, going the extra mile, doing just a little bit extra, beyond your destination, just a little bit more. So we're going to talk about what that means. He's going to talk to you about how um, you can do that. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't take, you know, a, a bunch of money. Uh, when it comes to going the extra mile and doing things, volunteering um, is a great thing as well, which costs you nothing. Giving your time, your talent, and your treasures is, is great. And, and if you can do all three, fantastic. If you've got a lot of time, but not a lot of, uh, of treasure, that's perfectly fine. Um, if you got a lot of time and, and not a lot of talent, that works too. But I, I, uh, I urge you to, to dig deeper because I'm sure you're, uh, you're plenty talented in something. Um, but uh, he's going to talk about that too, that we're not all the same. You know, going the extra mile means something totally different for you than it does for me and what it does for Sean. So I hope uh, the conversation with him inspires you. You know, just learning about his journeys, his literal journeys across several countries by foot, his journeys across the United States by bike twice, which is just unfathomable to me, which is amazing. Sean's such an awesome guy. I think you're going to enjoy listening to him, just his his passion behind uh, you know the cause and, and helping people helping people help others, which in turn, you know, make you a much happier person. So I think you're going to enjoy this one by, uh, by a long shot. So here is Sean Anderson. I'm here today with Sean Anderson. Mr. Anderson, how are you? Hey, Mr. Jackson Huff. Privilege, pleasure to be on your show. Gratitude. Uh, well, thank you. Pleasure to have you. If you would, just introduce yourself. Hey, I consider myself just, uh, just a pretty ordinary guy who believes in living an extraordinary life. And so every every day that I wake up, my goals, my plans, my dreams are all based on what can I do to make my life a little more extraordinary. I've been fortunate to to create a lot of extraordinary moments on the way. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. I think reading reading a little bit about you, you may be ordinary, but you've done some extraordinary things for for sure. And it's almost hard to you know, I, we were just talking about it, but exactly what to talk about because there's so many things that you kind of have in your your bio. I want to kind of start with 
your travels. This this podcast, we've talked to a lot of travelers. I'm a traveler myself. Uh, I know you've uh, you've done that extensively. Let's start with uh, something that kind of surprised me. I guess the headline is that you have biked across the United States. That's cool enough, but not once, but twice. How in the <laughs> world did that happen? Yeah, I, I've done that twice. And the real truth of the story is I'm not even a bicyclist. The very first time I rode a bike across the country, I had this window in my schedule uh, that that allowed me a little bit of freedom. And some people, I, I had I had just become a vegetarian at that time and I had lost a lot of weight and people thought, oh man, you're looking skinny, you're not healthy. Yet I was feeling as good as I've ever felt. And I said, I'm going to show you how not healthy I am. Now, understand that I'm a runner in, at that time. And so I, I had strong legs, strong heart. I, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really going unprepared. But on a Saturday, I went to a store in California called REI and I bought a bike. On that Monday, I dipped the back tire into the San Francisco Bay. And 48 days later, I dipped the front tire in the Atlantic Ocean at Virginia Beach, Virginia. That was my very first time. That's that's crazy. You know, you just you said I had a I had a gap in my schedule. I, I feel like you may be the only person that finds a gap and decides to bike across the country. So that's, you know, that's yeah. something. Yeah, and uh I averaged eighty three miles a day uh for forty eight days. Uh and that, that there were some great adventures along the way, I'll tell you. The, and uh, the the thing now, though, I put my bike aside because I, I've decided to take transportation even a little bit more slowly. And so now I just tie on sneakers and I've walked across eight countries since 2014. Yeah. And I want to talk about I want to talk about that, too. I want to I want to stick with the bike thing for a moment because you said that you bought the bike on Saturday and was was <laughs> off on Monday. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Sunday came with a lot of planning. Did you have to? Did you nope, create a nope, route, or did nope. you? Just, I, I you kind do? of knew. I kind of knew well, uh, there was some so there was some fast planning that was done, uh, and it was really before the time that cell phones. My first time was before cell phones really took off. I mean, I was a te I was a test bunny for AT and T at that time in the sense of. Uh, trying to see if their cell phone could work across the Midwest. It did not. Mm -hmm. And so really the whole time I was just pr pretty much pedaling. I knew just to get to that next big town, get to that next big town, get to that next big town. You know, I'm starting from San Francisco. I'm getting to Oakland. I'm getting to Sacramento. I'm getting to Reno. I'm getting to Elko. I'm getting to Salt Lake City all the way across the country. That's kind of how I did it. I knew that I could find a place to stay if I made it to the, not, that next big town. That was the plan. So where, what, what kind of accommodations did you have? Did you at least treat yourself to a, a nice hotel in the evenings or was you roughing it that way too? <laughs> in my adventures, sometimes you, you don't get the privilege. Uh, you don't get the privilege of being able to stay in the nicest place that you would dream or choose. Sometimes you got to stay in wherever there's a bed and where there's hopefully hot water to take a shower. Those are the two big wishes. Mm -hmm. If you accomplish those two things, everything else is just frosting, man. Yeah, I uh, there, there's like a big bike. It's not a race. It's just kind of a journey in, in Iowa. I don't know if you know about that, but I've, I've heard yeah. some people that talk about that, and I think they bike like 30 miles a day or, or 
maybe some days that are, are up higher, but that's a tough thing just in like the two weeks that you're doing that. So talk about some of the challenges. Cause obviously there was, you know, this was a cool thing, but there's gotta be a lot of, of hard parts too. Well, absolutely. There's some hard parts. Uh, you, you pedal across the state of Nevada and Nevada has the only highway in the country that you, because there's no other way to cross, you have to cross on the highway, highway 80. So I'm there with the big rigs, man. I've got like three feet between me on the shoulder and, and those big rigs coming in. I'll tell you, they're splashing stuff. They're throwing stuff at you. That's a tough one. There was a stretch of about 65 miles across the Nevada desert where there's no place to stop. There's no place to rest. And I was going uh, sometime in the summer and it got so dang hot that, you know, it, you were, I was doing everything I could out there in the, to make it the 60 plus miles without, a, without finding a place to pull over and get some water or sit under a tree. Uh, another big one was Monarch Pass in, in the Rockies. I've pedaled that twice. That's 11,312 feet. And both times that I, I tackled that dude, every single inch, I was standing on my bike, pushing those pedals as hard as I could. And if it was possible for a bike to still be moving, yet not moving, I've demonstrated that. Because when you're climbing that hill, you're just going, oh, Oh, every push and you're standing. But I'll tell you what, man, when you get to the top, you know you've done something. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and you just talked about kind of the, the difficult parts. A lot of people will be like, oh, I finally accomplished this. I've done it. But remember, we, we talked about how you've done it twice. So what in the world made you do it twice? Are you uh, you, you like pain, punishment, or what? <laughs> well, the second time I used it as a symbol for something I created called the Extra Mile America Tour. And the Extra Mile America Tour was to remind people that if they wanted to create positive change in their life, they couldn't keep doing the same thing over and over. They had to go the extra mile. They had to add more value if they wanted value added back to them. So again, as a symbol of going the extra mile, I couldn't think of anything bigger or better than pedaling across the country again. Psychologically, I knew that I had done it once before. I knew I could do it again. But this time I decided to add some more some more challenge to it. This time I set up events. This and this one plant took six months of planning. This one I set up events with 21 mayors across the country in various cities where I'd pedal into that town, and then together we would host an event, an extra mile event, talking to people, local people who had been seen as going the extra mile in life, either for a goal that really contributed to society or in overcoming a major challenge. And I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people across the U.S. that had been identified as going the extra mile. The next thing I added was at the end of the ride, I gave away $10,000 of my own money to the stories most inspiring to me. But the greatest thing about that second ride was along the way, again, it was in the Nevada desert. I was trying to think of a way continually on how to promote and market this event. And I came up with this idea called, let's, let's create extra mile day. That, yeah, that's what we're going to do. The mayors are going to recognize those going the extra mile in volunteerism and service to make the world a better place. So I'm out there in the Nevada desert and you can maybe contribute it to Sunstroke, but I had this vision of creating November 1st as Extra Mile Day. That very first year, 23 cities, 23 mayors jumped on board, celebrated their volunteers. Extra Mile Day has continued to grow every every year since then. This last November 1st, 2022, 
512 cities participated. Mm. No, that's awesome. I'm going to ask you more about that that initiative in a bit. I want to ask you now, and this is, I, I talked about it in the beginning that you've got so much going on. I interviewed a guy who took a tuk-tuk across India, and that was the whole interview. So we could have spent this whole time just talking about your your travels across the United States, and I think, you know, have a fascinating conversation, but we got to move on from that because you've done so much other stuff. And one of them is that uh, you've already mentioned it, and it's that you've taken that uh, transportation and made it slower and actually walked across a few countries. Talk about the countries that you walked across, what inspired you to do that, and kind of what you learned along the way there. Well, I've walked, uh, I've walked across the country of Spain twice. I've walked across Italy. I've walked across France. I've walked 750 miles through 88 Buddhist temples on Shikoku, Japan. I've done Hadrian's Trail, walked across England coast to coast, and I've also walked across Ireland. Uh, it all started when a, a gentleman sent me a book to read to uh, write something. It was before it had come out, and he wanted me to write something for his book so that he could print it on the cover. The book was called A Million Steps. And the book was about a guy who walked something called the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And he said it took him a million steps. Well, as I'm reading this book, and this is what happens oftentimes when a seed gets planted in my head, that seed starts growing really fast. And I didn't want to be reading about the adventures that he was sharing in his book. I wanted to be living those adventures. So after I read this book, One Million Steps, it was literally 90 days later that I found myself in a place called St. John, France. And that day I was walking over the Pyrenees Mountains into the country of Spain. 27 days later, I finished past Santiago, Spain, into a place called Finisterre, Spain, which was it's referred to as the end of the world, 550 miles in 27 days. At that point, it was the hardest thing I'd ever done, but the most gratifying and rewarding thing I'd ever done. And I knew after that that I had to keep on trying to create these adventures, doing exactly what I was doing, crossing countries, meeting people, sharpening myself. Yeah, and I was wondering once I once you talked about walking across countries and doing that, I'm I'm glad that you talked about the the Santiago one. I was wondering if you were you were following shells at some point. It sounds like you were. That's that's one I've heard a lot of people talk about. Which of these countries? And this is going to be a, maybe an impossible question, but where which which country did you maybe learn the most from your from your journey? Well. By far the most challenging one was Shikoku, Japan. It's mm. it's called the Shikoku Pilgrimage, and it's going from one temple to another, a Buddhist temple, 88 of them on this island, and some of the temples over 1,200 years old in the middle of the jungles. Now, this was the hardest one because that's a, lo that's a long way. That distance is a long way to do on your feet. And so not only did I had to, had to overcome, you know, your major foot issues and knee issues, but I also had to come overcome a language issue. It's the only country I've ever been into where there was a limited amount of English spoken. But at the same time, even though English wasn't being spoken, I've never felt so much kindness and goodness from human beings anywhere in my life. And it was that spirit that I felt on Japan from these people who every single day would be coming up to me because they'd see me walking this very famous pilgrimage in their country because I'm identified as, as a Henro wearing this white jacket. They would want to participate with me. And it, their participation meant the giving of some sort of gift or some sort of s just something. I mean, I woke up literally three different days in Japan and I went to pay for my hotel room and I was told that somebody had already paid it. 
one day I'm walking, a man comes running out of a restaurant. He gives me the equivalent of $50 in yen. One day I was sitting in my rubbing my feet, going over this bridge, and my, I was trying to tape my feet up again because they were just so miserable. This woman in this brown outfit, it looked like she was a maid or something, come pedaling up on her bike. She gave me her brown lunch. There was no English or communication that was ever con ever gone back and forth it was just this kindness i knew what their reason was and 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 i i it was that great kindness that allowed me to keep going for for 48 days that's how long it took me to walk shikoku i love to hear that, that that's really awesome for sure i want to know too we, we talked about the the second time that you you biked across the the us and it was part of you know the the extra mile initiative and setting up all of that stuff for all of these other times, were you already taking people along on the journey when it comes to, you know, were you already kind of in the, the public light or did no one but your friends and family know about this at that time? I just wonder where yeah, the timeline the, is. The second, the, certainly the second one, I had, I had made a, a transfer from being just an entrepreneur and building brick and mortar type businesses to becoming a more public person and writing books and speaking. And so the Extra Mile America Tour got a lot of publicity. It got, it got every town I was in, I was interviewed by the radio stations and the TV stations coming through. I also, it helps when you have a couple of publicists working for you at that time that are making people aware of what you're doing. Uh, after all my walks across the country, uh, certainly my, my blog readers, and I've got thousands of people that read a blog called Extra Mile Thursday, were quite aware of what I was doing and the adventures that I was having. But... My goal is that I don't really publicize what I'm going to do until after I already did it. And I say, this is what I've done. Hmm. And what made you decide to, to go from that private citizen doing, the, doing your own brick and mortar, like you mentioned, to wanting to start the initiative, the Extra Mile Initiative, wanting to publish that blog and, and kind of make yourself known? Well, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, ever since my very first gig selling giant worms, night crawlers to fishermen at age 10. Mm -hmm. And I've always just had this thing in me that, that wanted to, to create my own destiny, walk my own walk, work for myself, write my own checks. And so I've never really, really known deeply what it is to, to work for someone else besides perhaps a client or something. And, and after having reached a reasonable level of financial success uh, with my last business, I had built a uh, a college, a, a, a small private uh, vocational college in Los Angeles. After um, I, I got rid of the college, that was in 2007. At that point, I decided that for the second half of my life, my real mission in life was to empower others to, to lead the, the life that they wanted to live. In fact, the, the exact mission statement is to empower one million people to lead a more positive and purposeful existence. And now, as an entrepreneur, I had already written a couple of books as an avocation. And one of my books was called Sword of the Top. And Sword of the Top took off and did pretty well. I think it sold about 45,000 copies. So I knew that there was a power in words. I knew that there was a power in my heart that needed to be conveyed through words. And I've been lucky since then to, to in total, write seven books now. That's all really, really awesome. I want you to kind of tell us, you've already given us nice little snippets of, of the Extra Mile Initiative. I want you to tell us little bit more about it. You are you talked about how that first time you, know, you partnered with several dozen cities and you're continuing to do it. It's continuing to grow. I think you're over 500 cities now. So talk a little bit more about 
what it, exactly it means and what you see for the future with, with it all. Well, Extra Mile Day, again, every single year, it's November 1st. And again, going all the way back to that ride across Nevada desert, I was thinking, okay, when will I do this? When will I do this? Truthfully, Jackson, I liked how the ones lined up, man. Anytime you got ones all going together, it looked good. I go one, one, one. That's it, baby. Right there, 11, one. And I've never hesitated but to continue making it on our November 1st. Extra Mile Day was really a day to recognize the power of the extra mile spirit, not only going the extra mile for ourselves and achieving our dreams, but going the extra mile for people around us and helping to make their life more quality. But in order to get cities cemented into the, to the concept, I had to bring it more home to them. And so extra mile day really represented those, those citizens in those communities, those local communities that were going the extra mile, that are going the extra mile in volunteerism and service in order to make the city better. I felt that there's so much bad negative news that we all get soaked with all the time that we forget that there are awesome, amazing, inspiring, fantastic, brilliant people that are out there doing really cool things consistently day in, week in, month in, year after year that get little recognition. So my goal, my goal was to clap for those people, to be able to have that city say, man, thank you, Jackson Huff, for doing this. Way to go, Jackson. And not only was I going to be able to water Jackson Huff seed to be able to continue to do that, but others would say, man, I want to be just like Jackson. You know, the commercial, I want to be like Mike. Well, man, that I wanted other people to catch this spirit of volunteerism. I wanted people to be able to, to go out there and, and, and know that when we give good, we feel good. And when we give and feel good, the world grows more good. And so that's what it's all about. And it's just caught on. Again, 23 mayors from the inaugural year to over 500 mayors last year. That's, that's huge participation, which means that America and human beings are desperate for good news and for good stories. And that's what Extra Mile is all about. I, I love all of that for sure. Is it something that you, you want to take as outside of just mayors in the U.S.? Is it something you're going to take, I guess, international? I, we, you know, the year, year four, I guess we had just popped over 250 mayors in, in America. And I started to have this vision just like you are having now make extra mile day something in the world. So I've got a staff and they started to try to communicate with cities around the world. And we ran into a huge obstacle. Number one, certainly there was English uh, translation issues. There was con finding contact issues. There was telephone numbers because usually then we have to contact and, 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 and work with certain cities and so it just became it just became a little bit too big for what we wanted for what i wanted to do so i just decided to light a firecracker under america and let that one take off yeah well i think there's plenty plenty of cities and plenty of good to be had here so get your work cut out even if you stay in in america so no worries but I, there <laughs> but i do want to share though that whole extra mile mission became something that i did want to take around the world mm -hmm. and and in fact, this year we'll be doing another extra mile world speaking tour in Asia. But it was uh, what really what really hit that. I did a tour. I guess it was 2016 or so in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. uh, as we were trying to set that one up, because I've got staff that work in the Philippines, so the Philippines became a logical place to do it. So when we started setting that 
that one up, I was told, man, it ain't gonna fly in the Philippines. People, people don't want to come and listen. We don't really, we don't listen to psychologists or motivational speakers. We'll come to an event if it's something with money or religion. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm taking that as a challenge. So I created a tour. My team and I created a tour that over 30 days in the Philippines, the total number of people that came and listened was over 20,000. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I know, oddly, this this podcast has a, a pretty big following in the Philippines. So I know people will be glad to hear about that. And maybe some of the people that's listening kind of knows about your initiative already. So I love love to hear that. And I want to kind of, I guess this is the the point of the podcast to kind of break down some of the things you've said, maybe for the inquisitive Carol in New Jersey, where, okay, you're saying extra mile day is, is bring people forward. That's volunteered and went the extra mile. Carol's thinking, what, what in the world does that mean? Going the extra mile and now being recognized for it. So do you have any examples of maybe some of these people that were highlighted in, in some of these early years and, and what it means to go the extra mile? Yeah, certainly I do. And let's just take my very first year as I was interviewing those 200 people. I'll share a couple of stories. There was a couple, Brad and Libby Berkey. They were in Colorado and Brad and Libby were both successful in their individual careers. If I can remember, Brad was working with computers and Libby was, I think, teaching or something, but they wanted to create, they had this vision for creating something different. So they decided to open up a restaurant. Now, opening up a restaurant is really not that big a deal. We see tens and tens of them all the time, but Brad and Libby had a vision. In this particular restaurant, you do not receive a menu with prices, and at the end of the meal, you do not get a bill. At the same cafe, the letters S-A-M-E, it stands for So All May Eat. At the end of the meal, you pay what you can. And if you can't pay for your meal, then there was opportunity to be able to pick up a broom and help clean the restaurant or wash dishes or something like that. But the same cafe back then in 2009, when it was starting, prospered so much that not only is it thriving today, but it has been the model for other restaurants like this opening across the country. That's story number one. Let's take another story. Let's talk about the state of Iowa. There was a woman I met named Sheila Holsworth, and when I spoke at that event the day, Sheila had to be escorted on someone's arm up to me uh, because she was blind. I think it was ever since the age of 12, she had lost both her eyes. She was wearing orthodontic headgear, the kind that they used to wear for straightening teeth, and one day the, it snapped, and it gouged out both her eyes. So from the age of 12 on, Sheila Holsworth was 100% blind, but when I met Sheila, Sheila was far from having lived a blind life. She was a world record holder in downhill skiing. She was a water skier that not only would hold onto the rope, but she would do tricks back. She also pedaled tandem across the state of Iowa in that bike, in the, in the great Iowa bike crossing uh, adventure that they have there. So Sheila demonstrated to me that we can take the defeats and the failures and the challenges and the obstacles that life will certainly throw at all of us. But we only have to feel defeat and, and, and total frustration at our life situation when, when all of a sudden we don't let ourselves stand up again. And Sheila reminded me that as long as we're standing up and going the extra mile for ourselves, that there's a lot more that we think we can do than we really are doing. 
Well, both of those stories are amazing examples for sure. I love both of those. And I want to ask you now, back to back to breaking things down, back to the person who's sitting there and just kind of questioning what we're talking about. You know, obviously, you've talked about you know your success before this all started and you know your entrepreneurial spirit and, and those type of things. So what if somebody's listening to this and thinking, okay, this all sounds great. He's got to experience so many great things because there's some financial backing there. What is it, what's it look like for somebody who maybe doesn't uh, doesn't have that financial means but still wants to you know to experience awesome things? Well, I put myself through college, and uh, I have been financially independent at a pretty young age. I remember I graduated from the University of California, Berkeley, and when I came home, I was basically told that uh, I don't know, but you're where you're living, but you're not living here. Uh, at that point, I had probably four hundred dollars to my name. I I caught a bus down to San Diego because I knew a couple of friends down there. And for the first week down there, I was allowed to sleep on the floor of one of the friend's apartments. After the week, he said, I'm sorry, you got to go. I had nowhere else to live after that. I slept in a van. I've, I met a guy at church who was sleeping in his van, so I slept in that van too. Uh, the very first job at the, I got there was this guy at the church that said, hey, we need a graveyard shift person to work at the 7-Eleven. And that was the last time I ever worked for, for anybody, really. From 11 at night to 7 a.m., I worked for minimum wage stocking coolers, trying to save up enough money to get a one-bedroom apartment with three other guys in a cockroach-infested place in, in San Diego. So I'll tell you what. I know what it is to be homeless. I know what it is to have no money. I know, I know what that is. I know what that is. I've never been gifted with a single dollar in my life. I've only been gifted with a heart that doesn't quit. I've only been gifted with a vision that just wants more for my life. And sometimes people want to use not having finances as a major obstacle, but I'm here to stand up and say, you can if you want to, but you don't have to. Hmm. And, 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 you know, and my, my life has been proof of that most certainly. I love that for sure. It's only an obstacle if you make it one. So that's amazing. Amazing for sure. Um, while we're kind of talking about what to say to people, you know, that, that may be questioning things. Obviously, you've given some really, really awesome examples of people going the extra mile. People listen to this. They're inspired to, to maybe volunteer, maybe look at ways to, to make the world, their town, their city a better place. Where do they start? They start with their passions. They start with their loves. They might love, let's say they love dogs. That well, Why don't you go volunteer at the local adoption place that every Sunday sits out there and tries to get, you know, uh, uh, help uh, these senior dogs get adopted. Your kid, you've got kids in school. Well, why don't you volunteer and do some something at school and organize some sort of fundraising event? So that's what, that's where we start. We start with our life. What do we love? What do we want to do? How do we want to make the world better? Because there's lots of organizations that surround us that, that have missions doing the exact same thing. So why don't we go be a part of that? It's not about giving money. If you have, that's great. But about giving your time, your effort, your passion, your purpose. Why don't we start with that? And I want to go to this one thing about going the extra mile. The reason that this mission of going the extra mile is so important to me because it's, it's, it's the only way that I was ever able to elevate myself from, from, from the ground to maybe where I am now. And it, it was this constant, this constant knowledge that if – that no one was going to change my life except me, not the government, 
not a spouse, not a parent, not a boss, not a neighbor. And it was the man that looked at himself in the mirror and that was me. And I, I would say to myself, what are you doing to make your life better? What are you creating to make your life better? And then how are you going the extra mile today to change what you don't like about your life? So going the extra mile, the reason that that whole mission ever started is because that's, that's the only way I knew to change my own life is to continually ask myself, did, did I do my best? Did I do more than I thought I could every day? And going the extra mile is just not about changing your own life. It's about changing your health. It's about changing your relationships. Going the extra mile in every part of our life becomes something so valuable. It's how we make life better. It's how we turn pouts into smiles. It's how we turn mediocrity into greatness. Yeah, I love that. And I love, I love just kind of the, the term going the extra mile because you it, your kind of call to action is not a specific thing. I, you know, from what I gather going the extra mile looks totally different for each individual that is, is trying to achieve that. Absolutely. Let's look at you starting this, this podcast, you went the extra mile, you know, absolutely all the hardships that it took to get it off the ground. You knew what the, the, the financial costs, the time costs of being able to put together a show and get it distributed. You your dream could have just stopped with, I want to do a podcast and let it stop there. But no, you went the extra mile and you took action to make it happen. Now we'll see what seeds are planted because you chose to go the extra mile. But every single one of us has been gifted with different passions. My passion's not your passion. It's not Carol in New Jersey's passion, but yet we all have them. When we can identify and see and feel and breathe our passion, we can turn that into purpose. And when we have purpose and passion together, man, we leave footprints that don't get washed away by an ocean, ocean wave, but they can stand in concrete that others can see and be inspired by. Yeah. People listening to this, Hearing your passion be behind, you know what what you're saying. Want to hear more from you. You you already talked about how you have these different books. If you would kind of highlight some of that. Well, I'm probably one of the world's worst promoters. Honestly, that's just the <laughs> gosh darn truth. And 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 really about the only thing I really want to promote is 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 a blog that I put out called Extra Mile Thursday. Again, Extra Mile Thursday. It's free to sign up. I never sell anything. The only thing that I do as I do my best to push and pull people up their own mountains at, with a little inspiration every Thursday. Today it came out again. I think this was the 578th Thursday in a row that that dude came out. And so I would just ask him, go to seananderson.com, S-H-A-W-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. Sign up for a free blog, man. Let me visit your mailbox every Thursday and let's see if I can help you create that vision, help you find that inner passion, help you restore that purpose that you know you're all about. I love it. And I'll tell you this, I mean, this has been such a unique conversation the whole time. You're a unique guy and it extends to the end of this conversation because you may be the first person in hundreds of interviews that has written a book that does not want to talk about it. <laughs> no, because you know, my next book's my best book. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I know it's my best book. <laughs> so seananderson.com, if people want to uh, follow along, see what that next book is, or check out what you've got already, correct? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Jackson. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Create a great day, Jackson. Thank you so much for the chance to be with you. You are a smooth podcast host. I appreciated your questions. I appreciated your energy. And uh, I, I wish you 
wish you giant success. So that was Sean Anderson. What an amazing guy. And I'm not just saying that because of all the amazing things he said about this podcast at the end. Uh, I think that just shows the kind of person that Sean is. You know, he's done all these awesome things, created a literal movement when it comes to going the extra mile, got all these cities on board, walked across several countries, biked across the United States twice, and still just wants to, uh, you know, show his gratitude towards others. And I, I uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really glad that we had him on. I hope that you, uh, that you learned a lot. Hopefully that it's inspired you to uh, go the extra mile as well, you know. It doesn't mean you've got to do, you know, these big crazy things. Of course, if you're able and you, and you want to do, um, you know, something of, of huge impact, then by all means. But if every little thing, you know, that it's going the extra mile. It's not going the extra, you know, 50 miles. It's 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 just little bits of impact that uh, make all the difference. And if you partner each of those impacts, each of those miles up, eventually. You are traveling across the country. You know, every mile, every mile goes into you know that two thousand miles that uh, it takes to get across uh, United States. So, I uh, you know that's kind of that's a metaphor, that's figurative, but I think that that kind of uh, just drives the point home. Um, he didn't talk about his books, which, like I talked about, is is definitely different. Of course, we we always talk about that, but uh, if you want to check those out, I'm sure you can go on Sean's website. The link to that will be in the show notes. Go check out all of his social media. Go see how you can uh, get involved in his causes. Definitely a great person. It was a pleasure to speak with him. Uh, if this is your first time listening here, please go follow us on Not In The Huff Podcast on Instagram, jacksonf.com, Not In The Huff with Jackson F on Facebook. Appreciate you there. Uh, leave a five-star review if you haven't already on Spotify and on Apple. Leave a written review on Apple. Even more amazing. Uh, appreciate all of that. But uh, if you do nothing else, catch us next week with another amazing guest. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.